Okay, so you ready to talk about this show? Um, I mean, I, I liked guess it. so. <laughs> you don't like it still? No, I do. I, okay. I thought the pilot was pretty good. I, I yeah. just know that it kind of declines as the show oh, goes on. Okay, interesting. I, I'm curious to see how that happens. Because this is a pretty strong start. It was a strong start. Anyway, I'm Maddie. <laughs> I'm Ryan. This is the and Mutant this Ages. this is the Mutant Ages. Let's say it together. And this is a show where we review every... Adi- Why aren't you saying it? Where we review oh, every well, adaptation of the X-Men. I was drinking my tea. <laughs> okay. Well, we review every adaptation of the X-Men. And we have finally started The Gifted. Back when we were young, we experienced a change. This is the thing we keep saying Disney Plus should do is like do a do a live action ensemble television show, 45 minutes an episode. But with like characters that people know. Well, okay, so <laughs> here's mean, Pol- here's Polaris why they couldn't here. do that. Here's why I they couldn't why do that. They couldn't do that. Because the air dates of this show were October 2nd, 2017 to January 15th, 2018. And this was the time period. This was it. This was like probably the worst possible time period for the X-Men. This was like peak rights issues. Brian Singer was like mid-cancellation <laughs> during season one of this show. He he directed the pilot. Like everything was all just swirling around. Like one of Storm's tornadoes. It was all swirling. And now we're in the era we're in now. We're in Krakoa era in the comic books. And uh, nothing at all live action or animated. I didn't even, so I didn't even consider the rights issues. I was just thinking about how they made so many Fox films with so many characters that they did nothing with and put them in all the wrong spots. And then they yep. were like, well, who do we have left? And then in this, they're like, who do we have left? I mean, this is, this is, um, I think they did the right to thing To the point here. where they're like making up characters. Well, you know? yeah, but I don't mind that because I, I, I get why they did it. You know what I mean? Like, I, yeah. I, I feel like I understand why they did what they did in this, in this show, at least as a premise which is they took the characters that were kind of left on the cutting room floor, um, except Marcos, because he would have been in the New Mutants movie, right? Same guy? No, no, no. That's not Sunspot. Marcos oh, is right. a completely is original, different guy. original character they made up for this TV show to fill in the gap that was left by the fact that they made Havoc Scott Summers' right. older brother in the 1960s. Okay, so Marcos is no one. Right. In my head, he was Sunspot. I just decided he was Sunspot, but he's not. No, I think I think you're right that that is the right thought process with that, because in X-Men Apocalypse, the three characters you see together are Blink, Thunderbird, and Sunspot. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of like what you're seeing here, except... Yeah, except it's not those characters. It's kind of a version of <sighs> Havoc, played by a brown guy, played by a, a Latino actor, yeah. which is part of why in my head I was like, 
is this guy Sunspot? <laughs> but he's not. He's not Sunspot. He's supposed I mean, to be He havoc. has the same powers, so he may as well be. So, But he kind of has Havoc's powers now that you say yeah. that. Well, he definitely has Havoc's powers because they had to line that up with Lorna on this show. Who It's really interesting because, we, you know what? She's barely in the pilot barely she's in it for like a total of five minutes i loved her though she's so good so fucking cool she's so so well it's funny because of all the characters that have appeared in the fox films which there have been way too many of that have been bad (laughs) yeah i think she is one of the few that is pretty spot on personality wise i mean like Mm -hmm. obviously hugh jackman nailed wolverine even though he uh is too tall tall. for the role but that's that's really the only (laughs) thing you could say about that that. you know uh ryan reynolds incredible as deadpool another great casting choice yes perfect 10 out of 10 i think famke was amazing as gene they just didn't let her do anything no i agree i if if they had let her actually be the dark phoenix she would have been the perfect fit for it given her history in acting. Mm-hmm. And I feel like we even got to see that a tiny bit in the Wolverine live action movie. Oh, like, yeah, that, that's true. Sequences. When she's, yeah, that's that's what I was like, oh man, she's that's great the gene those. that we needed to have. And then um, obviously Michael Fassbender as Magneto is incredible. Honestly, I like James Marsden. Like the list goes on. I like Patrick Stewart. The, the casting in those original Fox films was great. It's just the movies really went off the rails. Well, but I mean, in terms of seeing them be those characters on screen, yes. like James Marston is great as Cyclops, but he didn't do anything. So we don't see no, his I personality know, know. at all. We don't see Famke Johnson be Jean Grey at all. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, and you're making me worried about this Polaris situation because we have Well, this- no, Polaris is actually pretty good throughout this show. And it's like one of those situations where she and Michael Fassbender's Magneto and like Patrick Stewart's Xavier just got to be spot on. They just were written well. Mm-hmm, and then they got mm-hmm, actors mm-hmm. that could do that. Not saying the actor, other actors couldn't do that because they, they could have. They just weren't really given the chance to. Yeah, I know what you're saying. Yeah, uh, both Alexandra Ship and Halle Berry were, would have been great roles for Storm, but they didn't let her be Storm. So they just mm-hmm. kind of stood in the background. Whereas Polaris actually gets to do shit and have lines, and I, I think it's very cool. What's really weird about this show is that in addition to Marcos slash Eclipse... <laughs> yeah, is that his power name? I, they only call yes, him Marcos that is, in that this. Is it, that is and his so in name. my head, I just was like, oh, whatever, this is Roberto from New Mutants. It's so funny that this is actually Havoc. I, that's going to break my brain for the rest of the show. That's fine. Um, no, yeah, you have to deal with that. I mean... <laughs> Lorna also doesn't have a baby in the comic book, so that's no, a whole she other doesn't. Thing. They gave her a baby, but but well. So what I was getting to was they say, at least in the descriptions of this television show, that it's an alternate universe, and that's enough for me to kind of be like, okay, fine. An alternate universe from what? The Fox films. <laughs> the Fox films. An alternate universe from the Fox films. That's so weird though, because there's lines in here that make it sound like it's lining up with the movie Logan, but it doesn't because the X Men are missing in this version of reality and. And it's sort of in the present day. That's never going to get explained, by the way. It's no, just it's not. not. It's not going to get explained. I, no, I mean, as the show goes on, it's still not explained. I, I believe you because I don't think they can explain it because how could they? I mean, what what on earth would cause that? I Nothing. don't know. There's, there's like a line later where they're like, the X-Men and the Brotherhood are just missing. I'm like, that's yes. a really weird thing to have happen. But Yeah, it whatever. is because it's like, what? What what would happen to them? And I, I feel like it would help if they explained it by just being like, oh, I don't know, there's like a some sort of anti-mutant attack that killed them all or something like well, that. I don't know. As the show goes on, we're going to see more obscure characters that had like one scene in a comic book that are like main characters in the show for some reason. Well, because it's all they could get. You keep saying for some reason. It's because that's who well, they have. I don't know. I, <laughs> that's it, all, it, this is I, all I, they I, had. This I is what they had. <laughs> I have problems like removing myself from that. But yeah. the other thing I, I was going to say that... It. 
the other two main characters of the show are a later generation of the Von Strucker twins, which is so strange. Yes. So they are the main, main characters of the show. And these are characters that I had to like elaborately Google because I was like, I don't know who these characters are. I mean, the Von Strucker twins are not obscure, but the uh, the actual ones. And on this show, you're going to find out that their grandparents were those Nazi Yeah, they're Von Nazis. Strucker's. And they're the same villains that appear in the Nick Fury movie from like the 1991, whatever the fuck that was made, with uh, David Hasselhoff. <laughs> yeah, so why don't I know them from that? <laughs> no, but they, I mean, they're pretty famous in the comic books. But then what we're going to find out later on in some other reveal, if I remember correctly, Lauren and Andy, is that his name? Their dad, Reed, I think he ends up manifesting powers too. So there's He just is like, a mutant. Yes, yes. He turns out to be mutant. Not right. in this, and, not in this pilot, no, 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 but no. later on he later will be later on, and I'm like, okay, so there are three sets of Von Strucker twins that all. <laughs> I'm well, like, this is does this he is have crazy. a twin sister too? Do we? Know? I don't remember. Okay, I don't yeah, think yeah, so. Yeah. I, he may just have the gene. I, I see. I just assumed he just had the gene. Yeah, I didn't know that he actually was a twin. But it's a lot of Von Struckers for characters that really don't need to be there. So it's just interesting. Well, However, so I think I think really what's strange about it is that the Strucker twins in the past in the in the Nazi times, they're literally Nazis. Like, literally, these characters are Nazis. But so are their grandparents in the show. Those characters will be there. That's weird, Ryan. That's weird to have as your protagonists who are running from a mutant holocaust. Like, that's the premise of this well, right. television show. That's what I'm saying. Is that is these that it's two very young strange. children, these two young teenagers, they're not actually technically twins, they're just siblings in this, or at least if I don't they, think they're twins. They, they, they? could have... They, uh, no, they are twins in this. Really? They're supposed to be fraternal yeah. twins? The I sister so. looks so much older than her brother. Whatever, fine. That's just casting, I suppose. But whatever. Um, so they are literally running from an ongoing Holocaust that is building up. Like That's kind of the premise of this show, is that we have gotten to Sentinel program... Where in that era, we have like a sentinel task force, like the cops are after mutants in this and they are being eliminated from public life completely. And um, the main characters are descendants of Nazis. I don't know. I think that's fucking crazy. I (laughs) like that's going to be what makes me hate this show is that I'm like, why did you do this? Well, you know what else is going to make you hate this show is that later on in season two, they introduce the um, the purifiers who that's that is william striker's actual character in the comic books but william striker is not in it they made up another character so like it's gonna be hilarious that they're gonna have they finally have the purifiers in there and instead of the multiple william strikers that we've had that are wrong he's not there now (laughs) okay you're gonna think this is hilarious when reed strucker their dad first introduced himself i swear to god i thought he said striker and i lost my fucking mind for two seconds i was like no "No, is there another striker on this show (laughs) but of course you're now telling me there is no there isn't there that's the problem is that they didn't oh, end God. up putting him but in there. But they have it, but then they don't have William Stryker be the like religious fundamentalist character that he is in the comics. Right, I they like made up a whole bunch of new characters. That. Because these the Fox films needed to stop. This is an alternate universe, though. They could right. have actually just done it correctly here, you know? I mean, if it was an alternate universe, they could have just put in the X-Men and cast new people to be them. Well, see, that's the other piece of this is that I'm, because of the rights issues, we're going to say the phrase rights issues for the next six months of our lives, because that's this show. Because of the rights issues, we can't have Logan. We can't have Gene. You know, like we can't have these characters, but 
it's stupid because we're in an alternate universe. So, like, why can't we just still okay. have them? You yeah. know, like, why can't they just define it differently and be like, this isn't the same Logan. It's an alternate universe Logan. So the rights issue shouldn't come up for us. And further question, Blink is in this. Blink is like a major character in this. And she's already been in X-Men Apocalypse. How'd they get away with that? Well, I mean, so was um, John Pronstar, right? Yeah. yeah isn't right. he also? So how'd they get away with that? It makes no fucking sense to me. I don't, Literally, I don't. no sense. I'm going to guess it's because John Proudstar and Blink are just not considered to be significant enough characters. So maybe Fox was like, sure, you can have those two. We don't care. But you can't have Logan, Gene, and Scott and Storm. You can't have those guys. Well, you know what's, you know what's going to be great later on in this show is that also they introduced the Hellfire Club again. <laughs> yeah, but they're going to be called the Inner Circle. So I went ahead and like read the Wikipedia and stuff just because I was like curious about this stuff. And um, I, I'm excited. I'm excited to see how fucking crazy this show is going to get. There was one other piece is that there is... This has nothing to do with the actress because this is not her fault. But there is like, <laughs> oh boy, <laughs> none of this is anyone's fault. She's, really. Well, she's in this episode, but there's like a very strange version of Sage on this show that it is just kind of in the background of it, all the episodes. Yeah, and I don't. I was sad about that because I realized she was Sage. Is she? Uh, why is I don't know, Ryan. I I guess this is gonna make me crazy. Even though I actually thought this was a pretty strong pilot. Well, I think I think if you remove the whole component of this being an X Men TV show and just watch it as what it is, I think it's a pretty strong pilot as well. I think it does what it's got to do yep. really well, and I think and it's got a, it's got some good people on board. Like, yeah, okay, Brian Singer directed it. Whatever. He's not really involved in the entire rest of the show, but the creator of the show is Matt Nix. Who do you do you like Burn Notice the show? No, I've never watched it. Oh, I actually think you'd love it for what it's worth. But I love it. It's great. It's a great procedural TV show. It's about a spy, and he's he's sexy, and he does sexy spy stuff for like seventeen billion episodes. Um, and it's fun. It's a fun action show, action comedy, and it's got a very similar vibe to this, where it's got like a sort of ensemble cast of other characters who help him out, and like you know, it's action. So so I get why Matt Nix would want to be interested in something like this, yeah. even though it's more of a science fiction as opposed to a real, you know, actual action comedy type of a deal. This is obviously sci-fi, but still similar premise in, in terms of like how the show operates. And I think he's a talented showrunner. I think he's a talented writer. So I like that he's attached. I just don't like a lot of other choices that were made. And um, just to kind of like run down some of the other stuff that was happening at this time, the TV show Runaways, which you and I both liked, Cloak and Dagger, which I tried to watch and got really bored by, um, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. was on. But those were MCU properties. All those were MCU properties. Like, they couldn't say the word mutant or something because it was, like, part of the MCU. Well, that was a rights issue. So Molly, Molly Hayes ended up being like infected by a meteorite or something on that yeah, show. I so. don't even fucking know. And Cloak and Dagger, I think, was in the same universe as Runaways, but I don't know that they ever actually crossed over. They did. There's an issue there's an episode in season three of Runaways where Cloak and Dagger have that crossover. Oh, and then Legion, which I guess we're gonna watch after this, also started airing in twenty seventeen. I mean, okay, here's the thing about Legion though, is it it's really questionable if it is you I mean, I guess we can watch it on the show, but I would rather watch something else because not because the show is bad, but because it is it is so far removed from it even being an X-Men property. Like, yes, David Haller is in it, but that's as far as it goes. It's it's similar to this. I know, and once again, Again, it's like, do they say the word mutant or not? At least on this show, they do. This show's very explicitly about mutants, about the X-Men. They mention the X-Men in the first episode. Like, it is an X-Men adaptation, and so far as it's anything. Like, I know, like, in season three of Legion, 
there's a moment where he goes through time or something and meets like a young <laughs> Professor Xavier. Yes. But like yeah. that, I, I, the, all the characters on that show are like vaguely similar to characters you know, but it's it's not them. It's just like yeah. other characters. Well, we can debate that some other time. Yeah. Um, but regardless, the, this was sort of this weird era where the Fox films were declining rapidly and the Fox properties of X-Men were about to get acquired by Marvel, but that wasn't final yet. Wasn't Logan coming out at the same time as this also? Yep. And New Mutants was in production before it got... Deadpool 2's release date. We seriously need... Okay, so May 18th, 2018. So this was like all at the same time. Yeah, I know. We're really in the thick of it here. What movie? What Marvel movies came out in 2018? We need a timeline. Like literally, I need a timeline on my wall. Like in the equivalent of like the big the clocks on the wall that people have in like international. Okay, okay, okay. Hold <laughs> like, on. This is also the same year as Infinity War and Black Panther. Oh my god, Black Panther still probably my favorite Marvel movie. So this went on until what 2019 because they had two seasons, right? So well, 2018 is when it ended. But yes. Oh wait, when did it start? 2017. Yep, the gift had started in 2017. Oh, okay. So what came in 2017? Okay, so yeah, Logan, Thor, Ragnarok. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 and Spider-Man Homecoming were there. Wow, great year. Really good movies there. I don't remember what happens in Homecoming. (laughs) That's not... Oh, it's the first one. So it's where... Oh, wait, is it? God, I don't fucking remember. I like all the Spider-Man movies, though. Who gives a shit? Anyway, let's... So let's talk about this. This is going to be tough for us because we've never reviewed a 45-minute episode before. So these episodes... We're not going to be as as anal retentive about summarizing it, I think, is the only way. Because we'll go insane. I can't. I can't. I can't after doing... We can't. Logan for as many hours that was Logan. I, yeah, we can't. I just we really can't do cannot. it. So we're gonna we're gonna be quick about it. But do you have anything else you want to say about the gifted before we start the summary? I I will say I recommend this pilot if you're listening and you're not sure whether you want to watch it or not. Check it out. I don't know if I'm gonna recommend the rest of the show, but the pilot's interesting. It it certainly made me excited to see what would happen next. So. I do have one more thing, and that is that Amy Acker's on the show, which I forgot yes! about. And Amy Acker is just yes! an incredible actress. And her and She's Emma great. her and Emma Dumont steal any scene they're in. Amy Acker is so good on the show. She is, and like, she is so incredible on the show that and I know that Emma is too. We just don't get a lot of time with her in this episode. I think but, Emma Dumont as Lorna is really good. And she's barely yeah. in this episode, but she is so good. And we'll get to that. But Amy Acker plays the mom of the Who's uh, not Nazis. <laughs> I'm the mom of the Nazi kids. I'm, I'm sorry, I can't call them that for six months. I'll go insane. <laughs> she's not a mutant. She's not a mutant, but she's a mom who loves her gay kids. And she's so good in this. I loved it. And I would also argue the actress that's playing Lauren is pretty good, too. It's just that she's great. She's just younger. She's great. And I was curious if she was in anything else. Um, Natalie Allen Lind. Probably. I'm checking it out. Uh, she actually isn't in very much. Yeah, it's like it's just like this weird cast and so like the central focus point of this show is going to be those four characters and then sort of like the other mutants as like lorna's got her stuff going on yeah just sort of background yeah it's like because for some reason they were like you know what marvel comics needs a nazi family sorry ryan i can't let it go (laughs) (laughs) i cannot let it go all All right so so let's start off with with this scene about blank I, I think this her. is actually, I think this is a great introduction to the concept of mutants of what this world is like, where we have Absolutely. Blink running through the streets. She's been, she's escaped prison, 
We don't know why she was in prison. And she's getting chased by a bunch of cops who are shooting at her with their guns. Mm-hmm. And she's trying to create a portal to get away. Yeah, and like she and many of the mutants in this universe are pretty bad at using their powers, which I think makes sense. Because this is a world where the X-Men have disappeared. Mutants are on the run. They, are, they aren't trained. Like, they're right. barely organized. So I thought it was kind of believable and tense that all the mutants that we see are kind of bad at using their powers. And I, I liked it because it, it kind of explains why they're being outnumbered so easily and why Lorna isn't that good. Well, you know what I mean? Like it kind of, everyone's freaking out all the time. And they're, they're no, not Lorna, very good Lorna's at controlling their powers. Lorna's pretty good. Let's be real. She's pretty good, but there were a couple of moments when I was like, Magneto would have had this on lock. And Lorna's a little bit shaky still. Well, you know? she's younger, right? And exactly, like, exactly. And I like it. I like it. I think it works. I absolutely love that Emma's portrayal of Lorna is like her being as Magneto as possible for most of the time. I loved it so much. And it's it's also obvious that Magneto's her dad. I mean, I sort of looked into that and they I think they refer to it at, at various points they, in the show. They do, but they, since he's not on the show, we don't really see that happen. And he's disappeared, quote unquote. Although I would love the MCU to bring her back to put her up with uh, Elizabeth Olsen's Wanda. Yeah. Because I think she's really I good. I would love to see that. I would love to see that too. I, I'm sold on that. And I even like the woman playing Sage and the woman playing Blink, Jamie Chung. She's really good. So anyway, the police car tries to go after them and it kind of gets this the siren gets cut in half because yeah because blink makes a portal she manages to make a portal and escape right and she jumps through it it's really cool by the way other thing this show had enough money to do some pretty fucking cool effects that's true from time to time that's and true I, I better than I, the generation x pilot <laughs> yeah way better <laughs> Um, so then we go to a new scene. Uh, Blink has escaped the cops. The cop car has been somewhat crushed by this portal, but the cops aren't dead or anything. They're just like, what the fuck? But they know mutants exist. Um, so then we see yeah. a different scene where we've got John Proudstar, we've got Lorna, and we've got Marcos, a.k.a. Havoc, a.k.a. Roberto. Uh, in my head in my head he's roberto i don't fucking know ryan i don't know how to describe this character all right well anyway so they're sensing that blink had been there yeah john proud starts using his i actually don't fully know what his powers are is this his powers (laughs) by the way i mean i i now i'm looking it up because i feel like it's part i think the powers that he's using here are not yeah these are not yeah i'm looking it up and i'm not crazy i was like this isn't Okay. powers are they his mutant powers are physical strength and heightened senses but the way it's portrayed on this show is like he can find people well no i think it's more like they're like he's got crazy like indigenous magic you know it that's yeah, the, the vibe that's going that. on here <laughs> it's that he's he's touching the ground and he's sensing well i mean it's fine if he does have those powers and if it's well, like done correctly i don't i don't actually know no i mean like in this tv show if it's i mean it's fine if i he, think they gave him an extra power and and that well, maybe maybe but i think if they were tapping into sort of the spirituality of like an indigenous tribe, which is fine. Yeah, and you know, they cast an indigenous actor, Blair Redford. Right. And so like if it's I don't know if it's actually done well. Like, you know, I don't I don't have enough information because I'm I not. don't either, but I will say I really liked that this is such a diverse cast so far. Like Jamie Chung is blank. Yeah. Blair Redford is is John Proudstar and Eclipse also a Latino actor. Like they this this whole Except for the Nazi of twins who are super white. <laughs> Okay, well, they're the main characters <laughs> for some fucking reason. But this other set of characters that I wish the show were about, <laughs> they seem great. Okay, well, I actually don't <laughs> dislike 
Lauren and, and Andy on the show. And I'll get to that because I think I there's some really I'm, cool stuff that happens. And you know what? I will say it's not these kids' fault they were descended from Nazis. They they aren't really Nazis. <laughs> I mean, they didn't there, make those choices. There are a lot of people in real life who are descendants yeah, of Nazis. They are. And, and, they are and, and, and that is what this show has chosen to represent is yeah. people who are yeah, descended right? from Nazis. And they have rights Any, Anyway, too. What the fuck? <laughs> Maddie's going to be stuck on this for days anyway uh so because i i just i didn't when i was let me just explain when i was watching this pilot i didn't know these characters were nazis and then later i looked it up and i was like (laughs) wait (laughs) sorry (laughs) so i had a great time watching the pilot and now retroactively i'm having to deal with my emotions surrounding the decision that they made well they the the kids are not nazis but yeah it is very weird it's anyway, really so, strange. So really Marcos weird. is using his havoc powers like a fucking flashlight. Yeah, so he uses his powers as a flashlight all the time. And which is uses- part of why I've assumed he was supposed to be a sunspot allegory because he can just kind of light up his hands as opposed to what Havoc's powers are, which is like shooting stuff from his hands normally. Can Havoc just use a flashlight like that? Can he do that? I don't know. I've, I mean, Havoc does he has have been, that much limited control that he could just light up his hand a little tiny bit? Maybe when he's fucking Wolverine and Meltdown? I don't know. But <laughs> Well, in this version, Havoc slash Sunspot is just kind of using his hand as a flashlight real quick. Right, right. And he does that again later, which we'll talk about. Yes, but so, yes, he does. Meanwhile, they're looking John at this. John Proudstar finds a piece of the broken police car, and he's like, that's interesting. Lorna and Marcos are busy talking about how they're going to fuck later. They are. That's like a whole thing that's they happening. Have, these actors have great chemistry, by the way. They're really yeah. good together. You, you're rooting for them. Yeah. And so John Proudstar is sort of ignoring his friends who are fucking, and he's looking for Blank because he basically what we find out later is that these characters are part of the mutant underground. They're trying to save mutants from getting kidnapped by the cops and like disappeared. And they work with Sage to sort of organize this mutant underground. Very, very cool premise for a show, by the way. So they find Blink. She's hiding in a warehouse, sort of an abandoned warehouse. She's like uh, squatting there. There's like a shitty couch and some lockers and stuff. It's probably like an old gym. I don't know what it is. No one lives there. Yeah, like she just popped in there when she was getting away. You know, it's not like she she knows where she is. I don't know. She has stuff there. I don't think it's her stuff. I think Unclear. it's the stuff that it's, she's... It's never... This is not relevant for us to define because this this is in one scene. Um, So yeah. they... At first, Blink is like throwing stuff at them and is like, get away from me. And then she's... They're like, we're mutants. Calm down. Um, We can help you. And then the cops show up and surround the building. And um, they... It's the Atlanta Police Department. They say that. So now we know we're in Atlanta because that's a great place to film. (laughs) That's the only reason they're there. It's because that's where all the Marvel movies are made. And we get to see uh, Marcos and Lorna and John showing off their powers. We get to see mostly Lorna showing off her powers here. She stops some cops' bullets. It's cool. Well, she does it's a lot fun. of Magneto shit. You know? Yeah, absolutely. She she's she gets all the cops to basically be fucking useless. She's like blowing Marcos up the cop uses cars. his powers as like a flash grenade, essentially. Like he stands up and, and shines like a really bright light suddenly. And then um as the mutants are running away, post flash grenade, Marcos gets shot. Uh not like fatally wounded. I think he gets shot in like the leg or something. I didn't write yeah. down where he gets shot. And um Lorna gets so angry at the cop who shoots her boyfriend that and she starts, starts trying to murder him. <laughs> yeah. And you can't really blame her for this, but because she sticks around and kind of tortures this cop for a hot second, she gets arrested. And it's, but I, I love her screaming, you know, yeah, she's Emma Dumont. 
her performance is fucking iconic. I oh yeah, I know she's great. Her. I told you in advance. I'm like Emma's like so good on that show. It's really she's so good. I love that you've already like we're close personal friends. We just call her Emma now. Like I, I'm calling her <laughs> Emma Dumont, and you're like so Emma's so good in this. I love Emma in this scene. Um, it's making me think of Emma Frost, which is going to be confusing because the cuckoos are actually going to be on this show. But um, <laughs> it's such a random character cast. It's like I know it's like they pulled characters out of a hat where it's just like a list of names that like they had the rights to and they just pulled them out of a hat and they were like, I know, and, I know. Uh, the cuckoos and uh, the Strucker twins. And uh, there's like a lot of like twins and triplets and shit. Yeah, I know. I, yeah, that's a really good point. That's really anyway, weird. Uh, so we're going to cut away for this because this is when we go to be Andy Strucker, who's outside of the principal's office at his school. Office, yes. And he's he, drawing. He's clearly he's drawing like the Ryan Pagella of high school yeah. where he's like <laughs> he quietly is. in goth clothes drawing pictures a in wolf. a sketch pad and has no friends. And yep. uh, his parents are inside. His parents are. Caitlin and Reed Strucker are there. I, I know yes. this, cover, this conversation is insane where like yep. Reed is like. There's these kids that keep on beating the shit out of her son. This is without him even being a mutant. It's just kind of like he's kind of gay, maybe. Yeah, he's just kind of gay. No, I actually do think that's it. Like he seems kind of gay. He seems yeah. kind of fat. And so these like these very like macho boys are like yep. trying to like beat the shit out of him. And yep, yep. He's getting bullied at school. The like they can already like, tell that he's gay. He doesn't know he's gay yet, but they can tell. Which I can relate to this. Ha ha. Like this is just what kids are like. The principal is just like he's like the principal at my school where he's like, you know what? Uh, we're gonna have Andy feelings? apologize to yeah, the bullies right? for being too gay and too weird, and uh, yeah, then, then right, that's gonna clear and, everything up. And Reed's like, <laughs> and Reed's just like, I'm a lawyer. I'm gonna sue the shit out of this school if you don't actually do something and yep. so I, I loved that i loved it too but also it's a great scene because it establishes a lot really quickly like it's a well-written scene i mean uh we we learn that reed strucker the dad the patriarch of the family works with the police like he's a he's a prosecutor uh so we know he's kind of like on the cop's side which is yeah. interesting because his kids are going to turn out to be mutants and and Later in the show, he's going to turn out to be a mutant, but he's actually helping to reprimand mutants, essentially, uh, the bad ones, in his words, later. So, like, we yeah. learn that really quickly, because we've already seen in the opening of this show that the cops are out here capturing mutants anytime they find them. Yeah. yeah. Um, and taking them to mutant detention centers. Like, we kind of right. hear about these things in the background, like, referred to. And we also see, like, via the principle that this is a very, like, conservative society, like, the response to bullying is fucked up. Like, th this is well done, you know? Like, I, I like all these little scene-setting moments. So the principal uh, leaves the room for a moment, and we get, like, a brief conversation between Mr. and Mrs. Strucker, where Mr. Strucker gets a call from work, and he's like, oh, there's a suspect, which, of course, is going to turn out to be Lorna, uh, and she's in a holding cell, and he's like, I got to go talk to her, which is sort of interesting because he does kind of try to help Lorna when he meets her. Well, I don't think, he, I think he is trying, I don't know. I don't well, understand Well, I think because works. he has his own motivations where he's like, okay, so I may be working with the cops, but I want to help you. But we'll get to that scene and we can talk about it when we get there. Yeah. So then cut back to the, the Strucker home where we meet Andy's sister. Yeah, Caitlin, Caitlin Strucker goes home and, and, uh, Lauren is there and she's like Lauren picking out clothes on FaceTime girl. with her boyfriend. I mean, like, what do you think of this? The boyfriend doesn't get a name, by the way. Like, he's just boyfriend in my We're notes. We're only going to see him one more time and then that's going to be it. So, Caitlin is talking to Lauren and Andy yes. over dinner after that. 
or bre- I thought it was breakfast at first, I and then I realized it was dinner. Yeah, I don't fucking know. It might be so breakfast for dinner. <laughs> yeah, it, they're having breakfast for dinner, and Amy Acker, aka Caitlin, is like, "Are you still going to the dance tonight? Want me to show you some of my moves?" And she dances around. <laughs> yeah. And Lauren is like, "Haha, whatever, mom." And then they <laughs> ask how Andy's doing, and Andy's like, "My life fucking sucks. I'm getting beat up at school every day." Yeah. And um, Caitlin is like, "Well, how's how are your classes going?" And then Andy's like, I don't know. We had a debate in social studies about how mutants aren't pe- real people and they're fucking freaks. <laughs> and Lauren. You know, he, he, calls, he calls them muties. And that's what Lauren's like, uh, excuse me, you racist yeah. bitch. Yeah, <laughs> like, which, which is interesting because she, as we find out later, already knows that she is a mutant. Andy doesn't yet know. I love when that revelation happens because it's... Yeah, me too. And, and I love when she reveals that it's been like years since yeah. she, they manifested. She's been slowly, quietly practicing that. And like nobody knows. It's very Jean Grey from X-Men Evolution where she's the popular girl at school. Yep. Nobody knows that she's a mutant, but she's yep. like... And, and no, she doesn't even have any other mutant friends like Jean eventually does. Like she's totally closeted and she hasn't even told her parents despite clearly having this good relationship with her mom. Yeah. I really liked all of that on this show. I thought it was very well done. I thought that's what I thought was one of the better parts of this this episode. It was like For sure. just Lauren's like uh, secret... Just Lauren being closeted lesbian basically like that's kind of how it's presented is that she's like yeah i didn't have anyone i could talk to about this right so then so then lauren and andy start bickering like siblings caitlin's like jesus christ kids like (laughs) yeah she's like has the mom moment where she's like can we just fucking have a normal conversation they both just sit there in complete silence and she's like i guess not which i thought was funny i think it's funny later because when they like steal car they're arguing again caitlin's like jesus christ guys we're on the run (laughs) i really liked it so, like, they really act like teenagers, but also you can tell that Andy and Lauren love each other, and, like, the family's no, very good. loving. It's very well written. And then the, and then we have this sort of parallel scene with Magneto from X-Men 2, yep. where yep. Lorna's in a plastic cell. That's and right. And she's being approached by Reed, who's, like, you know, you're accused of t- attempting to murder two cops. Yeah. And then he can lighten the sentence in exchange for a cooperation. And Lorna... Right. Lorna's like, I don't know what you're talking about. I was just walking yeah. down the street. Two cops just <laughs> shot at me. I love this so much. Emma Dumont is perfect in this scene. She's like, yeah, I don't even know. Like, oh, those guys were cops? Uh, like, I, <laughs> I love her. She's, She's so good. Like, <laughs> and Reed's like, you know, I know you're helping the mutant underground. And so then Reed chooses to walk in the cell. Yes. And the... What's the name of the... He has an assistant who isn't going to be a major character because she's not even described on Wikipedia, but he has this random assistant. I'm 90% certain that it's her who sells them out at the end of this episode, but we don't get to... Right. I forget her name, but... It's kind of too bad because she's like a black woman and I think she's going to turn out to be like either dead or a betrayer of some Uh, Well, I think she's she's in a bad position. But anyway, uh, Reed walks into the cell. She's like, don't do that. And he's like, I'm not afraid of her. So he's like, I'm trying to help you. Yeah. And then he he takes this piece of paper out, which, as we learn much later in the episode, is her medical report, Lorna's medical report. No, 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 not not yet. Because first, Lorna starts, like, fucking with the screws in his knee because oh, right. he has, like, a knee replacement or something. And she goes, believe me, if I wanted those cops dead, they'd, they'd be, be dead. dead. And so Reed is kind of like, okay, fair enough. You just really fucking hurt my knee and you proved your point. Yeah. But then he takes out this piece of paper. And we, the viewer, don't get to see what's on it. He just shows it to her, and she suddenly starts freaking out. Yeah, like, like exploding. First, totally silently, she's freaking out, and then she starts screaming no. And it turns out she's pregnant, 
but we don't know. Did she, she must have not known that until She didn't right know. Now. I assume she didn't know um, because it's early. I mean, she doesn't look pregnant and probably hasn't even experienced any symptoms yet. I mean, she was just talking about fucking uh, Eclipse like two seconds ago, so probably not. Yeah, but also apparently they weren't wrapping it up. <laughs> but anyways, uh, she starts screaming no, and she uses her powers to like destroy uh the double-sided mirror through which some other cops are watching them uh she like pulls a piece of metal through the mirror and it smashes it's a very dramatic moment and reed just is like give it some thought like basically he's trying to get her to take a deal and like turn over her friends which we know lorna's not going to do but now lorna knows she's pregnant so she's like fuck yeah she's like doesn't know what to do right but we don't know that yet we're just like oh he has something on her what could it be? Right. So then we go back to the Strucker household. Lauren is leaving the house to go to the dance. And she's she gets in the car. Lauren does. And then her brother's just sitting there in the car waiting for her. And Lauren's like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, I didn't know you were here. Uh, <laughs> and he's like, I snuck out. Can I go with you? And she's like, you don't even like anyone at school. Like, why do you want to go at all? Like, what's going on? <laughs> Um, and he's like, just basically like, I never do anything fun. Come on, just take me to the dance. Like I have no life. And, uh, he describes himself as one of those baby cows they keep in the crates and Lauren's like veal. And he's like, yeah, I'm being raised like a veal, which is a funny line also. Uh, (laughs) so she's like, okay, I'll take you to the dance. And then we go to the dance. It's a luau theme for some fucking reason. I mean, I and, feel like a lot of high schools do the luau thing. Oh, absolutely. Thing. This is perfect. Like, it's it's this and Under the Sea. Or we, at my prom, we had Casino. That was the theme. I didn't go to prom, so I don't know what the theme was. So Our theme was Casino. Uh, you could win candy because there's no real gambling, naturally. Um, so... We get these these shots of all these kids dancing and Lauren's there with her boyfriend, but she keeps worrying about Andy because he's going and sitting on the bleachers and like being a wallflower. This is in the school gym, naturally. I do want to say that the boyfriend was nice to Andy when he popped he's over. He's very nice. He's very nice. He's a nothing character. He doesn't matter at all to yeah, the plot. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Yeah, but- and so... Andy just sitting on the bleachers. There's this moment where he gets up like he's about to ask a girl to dance with him. And he actually does say that to her. He's like, do you want to dance? But she doesn't hear him because she's getting up and walking away to talk to her friends. And he's just like, "Okay." It's a sad but also well-written little scene. Perfect like timing of of misunderstandings. And then the school bullies show up and they're terrifying and gay. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> they are very gay i thought that well too. they're they're like closeted bullies like this is kind of a stereotype they're but like time to take this man into the locker yes, room we're gonna it's like so homoerotic it's like, like I, you have not seen nightmare on elm street 2 the no, one that's like the homosexual I i've only one. seen the first one we watched it together no but the second one is like it's uh there's a very obvious and clear gay metaphor going on through that whole movie that is intentional they've talked about mm-hmm. it and there's like a whole locker room scene that is like very similar to this where except it doesn't happen to the kid the kid's in there like like washing himself and then freddie like somehow fucks with reality and like throws the weird gym teacher in there and like does the same thing where he like kind of bounces him against the hot water and strips him, starts slapping him with a towel on the ass. It's a very oh game movie, that's but it's so like silly. It, I watched this. I was like, oh wow, okay, it's a scene. Like that's kind of what happens in this movie. Like they drag him into the locker room and then they put him under into the shower and turn on the water. And like this part was a little funny to me that Andy is screaming in pain. But I'm well, like, I think it's, it's I think it's hot just water. water. Well, okay, I I mean yeah, that would hurt, but. 
I don't know, man. Like, it takes so long for water to get hot. And it's, like, yeah. within seconds that he's, like, screaming. And I'm, well, like... it's probably Freddy again. You know, let's be yeah, real. Yeah, it's probably Freddy fucking so reality. So that's, that's, that is what has happened. Yes. And, and then he... His powers manifest here. And it's cool. Well, but before that even happens, Lauren did see... He, she catches the locker yes, room Lauren door. Yes, sees that he's gone. The locker room door is shutting. And she's, like, something's not right here. And that's what... That is when his powers manifest i don't even know what his powers are on this show it's never become clear to me he is like the powers i think it's to- telekinesis for what it's worth because he has kind of gene gray powers here where he starts yeah. moving the walls like the tiles all fall off the walls and then at one point he bends the showers like the yeah. metal beams or whatever that they're attached to they bend in half and he like emits this huge shock wave that like flings all the bullies backwards and one of them gets hurt like he you know, gets a bloody nose because he bumps into something and they're all screaming and then everything in the gym starts falling apart. Like, this is like a huge telekinetic shockwave. This is a very X-Men evolution scene. It is. It's very like Jean Grey on the soccer field, like javelins flying everywhere and like speakers are falling and like the power goes out and like probably electric lines are are being collapsed outside. Like, yeah. The boyfriend is running with Lauren and and he's like, we got to get out of here. And she's like, I need to find my brother. So now she's running the opposite direction against the crowd of people who are all screaming and running out of this collapsing building. (laughs) Again, very high budget, apparently, for this pilot, because uh, they show like the ceiling cracking and collapsing and debris falling on people. And this is where we first see Lauren's powers, which is that she can create force fields. So she also kind of has a form of telekinesis, I suppose, and that she can like create these sort of clear semi-transparent force fields in the air that block debris from falling on her head. And she does that and a couple of random guys see her do it and they kind of make eye contact with her and then they run away and she's kind of like, whatever. And she keeps going <laughs> until she finds her brother. She has to like yell his name at him before he finally snaps out of it. He's kind of like in mid panic attack, essentially. Yeah. And um, then he's like crying and he's like, Lauren, I'm so sorry. And he's scared and she kind of drags him out. Yep. The bully who gets the broken nose sees them leaving. I'm sure he's going to come back. I don't think he does. I think that's oh, it. Oh, really? I think, I wow. think we're done. I think wow. that's the last okay. time we ever see those characters. All right. And then after that, we go to the Mutant Underground, where this is where we meet Sage. And Sage yep. is talking to Blink and asking if she has any family. And Blink's yep. like, it's complicated. I don't understand Blink's personality on the show. I don't know. Like, I don't think it's the actress's fault. I think the writing for Blink on this show is kind of bad. Like, I I I can't tell what her, like, her lines are always, like, like, I think, I think this actress is doing a good job with these lines that are just, like, really no lines, like, nothing lines, you know? She has no backstory that we know of. Like, she's just a kid on the run. She's just, she's just this kind of, like, sassy person that's kind of annoyed everyone. I mean, I call her a kid. She's, like, 27, but she's kind of acting 12. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Anyway, Sage is like, you can lay low here. She's like, all right, whatever. And then mm -hmm. John is taping up marcus's wounds with like duct tape or something i know I, like it i think it's supposed to be like some cool futuristic bandage but it literally just looks like they wrapped his arm in duct tape this is where they ran out of money for some reason so he's wraps his arm in duct tape because he got shot in the arm apparently um this is kind of gay <laughs> by the way i <laughs> thought both, so, like, i thought looking so at too. each other romantically. but they're busy talking about like lorna they're in a thruple with lorna yeah and so like he wants marcus wants to go after lorna and john's like you can't just go fight a bunch of cops yeah he's like so lorna is in prison like we can't do that anymore like we're not gonna save her it's over uh and this is the line where marcos is like the x-men the brotherhood we don't even know if they exist anymore we're alone and we're getting picked off one by one 
And John is like, look around, we'd be risking all these people, everything we built, everything Lorna built. So we kind of get like, okay, these are the originators of this mutant underground. And Lorna yeah. was one of the founders. And yeah. then Sage walks in and she's like, guys, we've got a situation. And yeah. um, they walk back out into kind of the main room where a TV is playing a news broadcast about the school dance at Bellevue High where a mutant attack happened. Not to be confused with Bayville High. No, this is totally different. It's Bellevue High. <laughs> it's like so close. <laughs> I know. It's funny. Um, also, it's kind of interesting now that I think about it that they're in Atlanta instead of New York. Yeah, right. Like, why Why did they decide that? Who the hell knows? Who cares? Uh, so, so then we go back to the Strucker household. This is probably, I think this is actually my favorite scene in the whole episode. It's good. Is this whole conversation that they have where Andy's sobbing at her at his mom. At their mom. Lauren, we kind of go to the middle of the conversation. So it's yeah. already been made clear by this point that the mom now knows that her son is a mutant. Right. She doesn't know about Lauren yet. And Andy's sobbing and he's like, I don't know what happened. I was angry. I couldn't stop it. And Caitlin's like, how could you not? feel it coming and lauren yeah. goes on about like she's like well heightened stress activates the x gene and caitlin's like how are you suddenly an expert in this and this is when lauren comes out of the mutant closet she's like how do you think we got the fuck out of that building and then caitlin's like i don't understand and yep. you know lauren's like remember that accident three years ago when you guys were like it's a miracle we all didn't die because for some reason like a force field appeared around us or whatever and yeah, like like a truck almost hit that i love this the way that this is actually shot because she's like do you remember that and you kind of see the shot of caitlin's face like this is amy acker i love amy acker she's so she's good so at good. acting you just see her her face slowly drop where she's mm-hmm. like recognizing like holy shit and she's like why didn't you tell me about this this was three yeah because she was ago. like that was three years ago and, and so she's like, like my kid has known for three years that she's gay and she didn't feel safe to tell me that right and then and then lauren goes because dad puts people like us away and In caitlin's jail. like yeah only the bad mutants to hurt people and andy goes you mean people like me and then that that's another one where amy's actors like silent acting is so good where she's like holy shit <laughs> like yeah it's like yep. you I, it's like i I know it's Amy Acker, but I really believe this is like a real, this Caitlin Strucker person is real. That's how good Amy Acker is at this scene. I, mean, I know. She's she's really good. And it's like, we see her get radicalized really fast because she kind of <laughs> has to. And it's interesting. I don't think like there was a moment where she wouldn't have been. I feel like this character strikes me as somebody that is is fairly liberal, considering that her husband is putting mutants away. Yeah, I mean, she's sort of liberal, but she's also like, well, of course, they're criminals. They they have to be put away. And it doesn't occur to her that maybe there's a corrupt system that is putting away people that aren't criminals. This is this is a great a great example of like like a white privileged liberal person who doesn't, yeah, you know, exactly. and I think that is really good. Exactly. Who, who doesn't, and also hasn't seen the system really. Right. And, and now, and now she's like, Oh shit. So before it continues, the doorbell rings with a loud beating of the door. This is all the same scene. I, and so I, I really like this part too, where Caitlin goes at the door and finds the cops there. Or so we think it's the mm-hmm. cops. This guy, Jace Turner, who's going to be a major character. He's going to be here for like the remainder of the show. So like, yep. just be prepared. And he says he's from Sentinel Services, which is sort yeah. of like the preliminary, what would eventually become the big Sentinels that we know. Yeah. And, yeah. and they're, they're already building robots. Like that's they already are. happening. And so yeah. 
He's like, we need to just come take your kids away for a little bit. Yeah, I mean, he doesn't say that, but he also refers to the Patriot Act, which I liked. Like, this is like a show that's like actually dealing with real life American politics. I mean, the fact that it came out in 2017 and this is like when discussions about immigration were happening. I mean, this this is a part of the show that I'm like, this is very effective, you know, like this is... uh, This works for me. Also, Jace Turner, one of the few black characters on this show, which I think works too, because it's kind of like, oh, marginalized people can also decide to work within the system. And like, that's something that I think a lot of fiction has dealt with in a smart way since this time and is is very, very popular in this the late 2010s as well. There's also like some side story about whatever happened with him and his kid that's going to come up later. And I don't remember what it is. Yeah, because he refers to that even in this episode later where he's like, a lot of times people change their views when it's their own kid. And it's like, oh, what's your deal? Right. And so like, I don't remember if his, his kid turns out to be a mutant or if his kid died because of mutant. I, I, you know, yeah, I don't sure. remember what the situation is. There's something like that with him. Like he has his own problems. Yeah. So he tries to force his way into the apartment and knocks Caitlin onto the ground and Andy screams in fear and... And like the whole house starts shaking and then Lauren blocks the cops, the bubble. Yeah. And then they all three run to the car together to drive away. And this is crazy. So when they open up the garage door, there's suddenly like 19 cops there with guns and they just start shooting. Yeah. Like nothing has happened. You know, it's like they just come to take the kids away. But they're already treating the kids like criminals. I mean... And Andy's trying to get his power to work but he can't figure it out he doesn't even understand what's happening so lauren's like using her telekinesis bubbles to block the bullets and push cop cars away and like yep. and open then they the get garage away. door it's one yeah. of those moments where it's like we recognize that lauren figured out she was a mutant and has secretly been practicing this whole yeah. time enough to be able to do all this shit it's kind of badass honestly like she's been doing this like every fucking day of her life for three years and keeping it i i don't know i really liked this plot point for lauren because it's it's very subtle it's not like she's like standing up and going i've been practicing my powers for three years and didn't tell you guys no they just show it to us they don't need to tell us because they show us yeah and I, which is great and then mm-hmm. and then i love that Caitlin calls Reed from a payphone and Caitlin's like freaking out and Reed's just like, all right, well, tell me more about the mutants that attacked him. And Caitlin's like, they weren't attacked by mutants. And Reed's like, what are you talking about? They're talking about the mutant attacks. And and Caitlin's like, they are the mutants. Yeah. And then Reed just like has a beat and he goes like, oh, fuck, where are you? Like, it's like, it's so good. It's good. And this this next scene's good, too. I think all the scenes with the Struckers are the strongest parts of this episode. Yeah. Ironically, for the Nazi twins. Because then... <laughs> Reed's, Reed's, well, this is part of why I kind of like what the show decided to do. I don't know why they have to be the Struckers. I, that's stupid. But I like that the show is kind of about a family that is like a little bit conservative democrats you has know? a lot of money Mid- middle centrist yeah they're they're a white family blonde kids like everything's normal and then it turns out that their kids are gay and also their dad's gay and like they're all fucked it's like, <laughs> like, it's I, a, I don't know it's interesting i think it's, it's good and so they're at this diner and reed's like was anyone actually hurt and andy's like i don't remember and Reed's asking all these questions, and Caitlin's like, this isn't a deposition, Reed. And he's like, mm-hmm. I'm just trying to understand what happened. And this is this scene is so good right here where Caitlin's like, you don't understand. Sentinel Services came to the house and tried to take Lauren and Andy away from me. And Reed's like, you mean the cops, right? Yeah, and she's like, no, no. Sentinel Services. It was Sentinel Services. And he's like, oh, shit. And he, there, he has a moment, and he goes, we need to leave the country 
right now. Like, mm-hmm. it is, like, so fast. And Caitlin's like, but our whole lives are here. I mean, it's like, you don't understand. Last time septal services got involved with one of my cases, the mutants disappeared forever. We have to leave now. And it was like, I loved this scene. Yeah. I love the way that this family operates for what was previously uh, a privileged white family, recognizing what's happening. I mean, Reed having to suddenly change everything. I mean, I, he was already built to be sort of a sympathetic character anyway, you know? Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's part of why it works, is that you're like, oh, this character's a prosecutor. Like, he's putting mutants away. Like, why would we ever root for him? But it helps that the first time we see him, he's trying to help Lorna, even though she's a pretty <laughs> belligerent <laughs> imprisoned person. Like, she tries to hurt him, and she's like, I fucking hate you, dude. You're a cop. Like, I hate yeah. you. And, and he's like, well, I'm still trying to help you. And maybe we aren't necessarily sympathetic to that. But then we see how quickly he's radicalized and is like, all right, fuck this. I'm not a cop anymore. I'm on the run and I'm going to try to save my children. And well, yeah. it all makes sense to like, this is part of why I'm kind of sad they didn't out him as a mutant in the pilot. I think that would have been effective if they had done that. I, I don't know about that. I disagree only because there's so much already happening here that it'd be like, all right, now we have to out three separate characters. It's like, no, I yeah. think it works better for these kids to be mutants and then later to have that other reveal because mm-hmm. it kind of ties it all together. I think it would have been too much on the the pilot. There's just, you know, it's like we already met Blink on the run. Yep. And now there's these other characters going on the run. We have Lorna who's been in prison. I just, it is a lot. I feel like it would have been too much. It would have been a lot. And it's also, it's just sort of like interesting to me to imagine how Caitlin's going to react to finding out her husband was a mutant right. all along, but also right. he was helping put mutants away. And like, was he trying to change the system from the inside? And he's he's a naive man basically is how he's presented like he believes in the rule of law like he's a lawful good character but he soon realizes that the system itself is too corrupt for him to possibly work within it anymore and he just has to fucking get his family to mexico right and so so then it cuts to reed strucker's office yeah where jace turner is there they're like tearing everything apart the woman's name by the way is carla i wrote it down here carla overhears them that was the woman from before who was in the jail cell with reed yeah the assistant of Reed. And yeah, Carla she overhears, overhears Jace Turner like talking to Reed's boss and Reed's boss is basically like I find it hard to believe he'd just run. He's been with this office for 15 years. And Jace says in my experience things change when it's your own kid. Yeah. And we're like, hmm, interesting. I, I really, I don't remember Jace's deal, and I really want to know. I'm glad that I don't remember. I'll let it not be spoiled for me again. Yeah, it'll be fun. Uh, so then we get a new scene of Reed's assistant outside the office walking around and she gets a phone call from Reed and Reed asks her to turn on the institution for him basically. I have not seen burn notice but this scene seems like it it's would be It's very burn notice, yeah. Yeah. And she doesn't well, I don't think it's resolved in this scene. Like well, she's like Reed is like begging her to help him, but I don't think she confirms that she will. Does I she? I think she does because he ends up having that information later when he goes to Marcos. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, well, he's basically asking her to give him information on the mutant underground and like how to contact Sage and everything. Yeah, and we don't see the conclusion, but he must get it because how else would he ever? know what to do next right and then it cuts to lauren and andy they're in a shitty hotel with their family yeah and lauren is like talking about how it's a relief to be able to be out to their parents and yeah. andy's like but our lives are ruined <laughs> and, well, and it's like it was because of me and i'm the problem yeah and lauren is kind of describing what it feels like to use your powers and um 
it's a nice scene where she yeah. kind of is like, I'm going to help you. And she's like, who taught you how to swim? And Andy's like you. And she's like, I can teach you this. And they yeah. go to a vending machine together, like by the, the shitty motel they're in. And she kind of creates a force field, like a tiny force field to like knock down a bag of chips. Yeah. And she's like, okay, Andy, now you try. And like, at first, he seems capable of knocking down some of the items like he the items start shaking and then one of them falls and she's like yay and then he goes out of control and explodes well it's because machine. she's like you know lean into those feelings you felt when yeah those kids were beating you up so he ends up doing it but ends up spiraling he you know it's not like he could stop it yeah because he kind of is triggered by that and is is out of his own body basically and he can't stop it yeah yeah like he breaks a bunch of glass and it like flies into lauren's arm and now she's bleeding and she's like fucking hell so they run yeah. off back to their room very very teenagers it's like jubilee with the the vcr yeah it's it is <laughs> um so then we go back to the mutant underground uh blank sees marcos inside of his secret vault room yeah <laughs> like i don't know why he lives in a vault there's also a dog here that's like on the show i don't know yeah, there's, there's a there's dog no, on the show there's no purpose to the dog i'm pretty sure the dog was just somebody's dog that was like on set they're like you know what? just yeah. put him in the show <laughs> i don't know why there's a dog on the show like the dog isn't like a mutant do- like there's no reason <laughs> There's just a dog here. Like, you know, it's it's really funny because it's like, the dog. It's in multiple episodes. It's just there. It's like it's yeah. not acting. It's not like one of those dogs that they put in a movie to like to act. It's not doing stunts. Thank God. I yeah, would not there's be... not like dog reaction shots where the dog's like. I know, but you know, it's like I would not be able to like watch a TV show that had people making dogs and animals act. It's just a dog that's hanging out on the set. I'm like, I'm pretty sure that's just somebody's dog that they put. I in don't the... know because they actually have the dog do quite a bit in this scene. I feel like it is a stunt dog i guess i guess but it's i also feel like it's similar to when we were shooting gino years ago and we were trying to shoot that scene with steph where she was talking as commander shay and liar just kept on walking into the background of the set or the resident apartment video we made where we're just sitting there the liar was just like in the video okay but like actual tv sets don't have that problem where lyra keeps walking into the i know set. some people like have that... their dog and i don't know it could be the director's dog for all we know anyway all right, so fine. it's the director's dog it's matt nix's dog so anyway blinks like i just wanted to apologize for Lorna being kidnapped and marcus is like hey can you use a portal to get out or can you get somebody in and she's like it doesn't work like that bad shit happens if i go somewhere i can't see which is a reoccurring problem for all the x-men yeah except for magic yes. magic seems to just be able to go wherever the fuck she wants it's true and she demonstrates this by taking the dog toy and throws it through a portal and slices it clean in half yeah and then marcos is like that's the dog's sad her favorite toy why did you do this our ringtone goes off and what's the ringtone it goes I was like, why is this the first time of all these Fox films that has the X-Men theme? Anyway. <laughs> yeah, it's a little it's a little Easter egg. But that call is Reed, and he's like, yes. I need help. And yep. Reed explains that he used to be a prosecutor against mutants and needs help getting his family across the border. And he's yep. like, I can help you get to Lorna and ask if he knows about her medical condition. Yes. And Marcus is like, what? And Reed's just like, she's, she's pregnant. pregnant. Yeah. So that's the big reveal of like why Lorna was freaking out before. So then we go back to the motel and the Strucker parents have a conversation with each other. Lauren is, oh, not Lauren. Is it Lauren or Andy that's awake here? I think it's Lauren, right? I think it's Lauren who's like overhearing it. And uh, 
she basically just hears that her parents are going to have a meeting with the mutant underground and um she's kind of like okay and then there's a drone outside yeah and they all start freaking out because reed is like this drone is spying on us and they're going to find us it's a sentinel services drone well this okay i thought i thought this was an interesting thing to have the drone in here because i know it's sentinel services and it's technically a robot right yes but yeah this is during the era of real life when drones were like just starting, starting to be a to thing. Be yeah, used, no, and I people liked this were too. Freaking out and people about were scared. It. Yeah, and I yeah. rightfully so, I think. I mean, this is also sort of an interesting contrast to kind of the Marvel movies where um what's the name of uh he's Captain America now. Captain Falcon. <laughs> Falcon. <laughs> Bucky Fuxabird. You mean Sam Wilson? Yeah, Bucky Fuxabird. <laughs> Sam Wilson. He has he has a drone in those movies. Like in the comic books it's like a magic bird friend, but um in the movies he has like a, a drone that they use and that's kind of in contrast to the X-Men storyline here where the drones are evil. Like yeah. it, it, I just thought it was sort of interesting because that's the same era. Um so they steal somebody's car and use Lawrence Firstfields to do it. And uh, they are on the run yet again. And um, read, oh, we got a quick Stanley cameo at X's Lounge. <laughs> Did you notice this? Is that what it's called? No. Yeah, it's called That's X's hilarious. Lounge, and it's a gay bar for mutants. It really is, though. And Stanley walks out. This is, again, this is like Brian Singer to do some like gay shit again. Where like yeah, it is. Yeah, there's a mural of a Wolverine, the animal, on the wall. By the way, I did not see that, but Reed walks in, and there's like this. It's this only subtle, men in this bar. The, yeah, and the it's way. a there's a subtle signal from Marcos with his hand. Yeah, which I'm like, this is like a weird cruising. Yeah, it's like the hanky code or whatever. Yeah, yeah it's, like it's, I was like, I mean, this is what that is. It's really dark. All the curtains are drawn, which is very like 1950s like looking at each other over the newspaper kind of a hookup scenario that is exactly what it's supposed to invoke i don't think it's yeah, supposed to invoke sure. anything else which is yeah, I, really I interesting i think that's 100 what it is so marco's kind of like flashes the eye at reed and is like you here to fuck and reed is like yeah so they meet well i mean I, they really do do that though because eventually marco's is like just so you know like this isn't your typical bar mm-hmm. and the, we see that the bartender or whoever comes over to them like shifts his face a little bit so it's like this is a secret gay bar like this is we are all we're all here to fuck but we can't say that we're mutants or whatever you know so like Mm -hmm. and it's also marcos is just trying to intimidate reed because he's like if this is some type of setup and you brought a bunch of cops with you we're gonna close ranks like everybody in this bar is on my side and we're gonna close ranks if you try to fuck with us yeah. And this is a safe place and you need to not mess around. And Reed yeah. is basically like, well, this isn't a setup because my kids are actually mutants and I'm really worried they're going to die. Yeah. And um, there's like a brief moment where Marcos uses his powers to intimidate Reed. Like he grabs Reed's wrist and like heats it up a bit just to kind of fuck with him. And he's like, I could fucking hurt you. Yeah, <laughs> and Reed is right. like, dude, my kids are mutants. Like, can you just believe me already? Um, and he tells Marcos where Lorna is, it, that she's at the main detention facility in Garland. And Marcos keeps asking about the baby and is it okay? And Reed is like, look, I don't know anything about that. All I have is, <laughs> is that she's pregnant. That's literally it. And I, I'm not going to give you any more information unless you can guarantee my family's safety. And yeah. Marcos is like, okay, bring everybody to this location tonight. 
And Reed asks how much it's going to cost. And Marco says, I don't want your money. The deal is your family goes tonight. You, you stay behind with me till I get Lorna back. All right, that's fair. Marco sleeves. Yeah, it is fair. It doesn't, it's not quite what happens. No. But it's a fair deal, I would say. Right. So then we cut to the mutant underground where Blink is fixing the dog toy with duct tape. There's a lot of I duct tape. I actually liked this. And I, I, then Blink is eventually like, is like, ah. Oh. And she walks over to John Proudstar, who's just, like, doing whatever. Yeah. And she's like, so anyway, Marcus got a phone call about helping a family and took off an hour ago. And John is like, <laughs> why the fuck did you wait an hour to tell me this? And Blake's like, I don't know. Because he told me he didn't want anyone else involved. But then I was thinking about how I owed his girlfriend and that she would be pissed if he died. Yep. It's like, it's and, just so nonchalant. Like, Marcus's girlfriend is, like, super scary. And she's probably going to break out of prison <laughs> somehow, even if Marcus doesn't help her. I don't know. Blake is, like, kind of a hilarious character. <laughs> This, she, is what, this is what I mean where I was like, I don't understand the writing behind Blink's character on I this show. I like her, honestly. Like, she's hilarious to me. I don't think she's necessarily based on anything. She's just kind of like a, a fuck around goth yeah, right. chick who's like, I don't know. I don't really want you guys to hurt me. And I don't really have any allegiances here. Yeah. But just FYI, this happened. Cut back to the Struckers. And they have now procured a car. I don't know if you said that. A different they- car. They stole a different car now. They used to be in the truck yeah. they stole. And now they're in a different car car and Andy's complaining about it and he's like this car's covered in like juice or something it's a sticky seat and it's gross and I liked the truck better and Lauren and Andy are like bickering about this and Lauren's like god if you like the truck so much why don't you marry it like I don't know they're they're just being annoying to each other they're being brother and sister kids and then Caitlin's like Jesus Christ this is the last time we want to be fighting they arrive at this weird warehouse where Marcos is meeting up with them yeah Marcos is the only one there he's clearly just doing this all on his own not with the help of Sage or anybody else yeah right and um reed is like okay we're all here and caitlin's like what the fuck happens now and marcus is like we get everyone supplies food water blankets then we head down to the border and caitlin's like you can drive us across and marcus is like policia medicus is all over the roads you might as well go straight to jail we know people down there with skills yep they track mutants but we got tricks we get people under the wall sometimes over sometimes even through i really liked that line because i was like that's fun. Like, they're basically using mutant powers to get people past ice. Which is pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny, too, because in this time period, we were worried about people getting over the wall into America. But in this yeah. show, we're talking about the opposite. Which, I mean, and we just watched Logan, which was back to that again. So Yeah, I know. I know. It's all of a, of a piece. Uh, although I think this story is a lot more evocative than logan at least so far but i don't know where it's gonna go right well then then the cops then the sentinel services show up yeah and marcos hears them from far away and is like what the fuck is going on does anyone know you're here and reed is like no like i didn't tell anyone there's no way and marcos is like looks like they found a way and a shitload of cops pull up like tons they're completely surrounded there's no way they can get away right or at least we don't think so and then blink and john proudstar burst in through a door behind them and are like follow us right now and they all start running there's a long chase scene oh there's also a moment i liked this where reed is like no let's talk to them like let's talk to the cops i loved that and marcos is like you're a fucking idiot. <laughs> like, and Reed starts yelling, I want to speak to an attorney. Like, I just, I love this scene. And, and Marcos being like one of the few people of color in this scene is like, you're an idiot. You're a fucking dumbass. <laughs> we gotta we go. need to be running. This is not going to go well for us. And we're seeing the cops getting this mysterious crate out of the car, which it turns out there's these sentinel spider bots in it that are fucking terrifying, like little metal spiders. <laughs> so they start they really, running around. They're pretty cool, actually. They're actually really fucking cool. So the mutants are all running together through the warehouse. 
Yeah. And trying to escape these fucking spiders. There's like a moment where Marcos like fires at one of the spiders and one of its legs falls off, but then it just like readjusts itself and stands back up. And Marcos is like, holy fuck, <laughs> like we're all yeah. going to die. <laughs> well, I mean, one of the grabs onto John and John can't even get it off. And that's what Marcos yeah. has to burn stuff. That's what you're talking about. Yeah. Like Andy has fallen down somewhere. Yeah. Andy is kind of a useless person for the moment. Like Andy is like, I don't know how to use my powers and I'm scared. And he keeps like tripping over everything. <laughs> so then they get to a dead end. And they're like cornered and the cops are approaching and there's a spider and Reed and Caitlin hold hands because they think they're about to die. Yeah. And then John Proudstar is like, okay, blank, we're going to fucking die if you can't figure out how to make a portal. (laughs) (laughs) And she's like, I can't, I can't. And she's like freaking out and everybody's like. Lauren's blocking the spiders with the bubble and there's like 20 spiders now. Yeah, she's using a force field, but like, obviously it's not going to work out. And so Blink manages to create a portal back to the mutant underground building where she has been before. Right. But she's not good at her powers yet. So she's like barely holding it open. Right. So everybody is like jumping through the portal one by one. Andy blows up a spider or a few of them. Yeah. Andy does manage to blow up a spider. And then Reed and Andy are the last two. Reed Strucker. And he Reed pushes his son through the portal but he doesn't make it. Well, he gets shot. Yes, he gets, gets shot, shot in the leg or something. And so he falls down and then then Blink loses control of the portal and it closes. And that's, and that's, that's the, the end of the episode. dramatic ending of the episode. Yeah. It's a pretty great episode. I think this is pretty good. <laughs> I, I think, liked it. I think I that this good. pilot is better than most of the Fox films we've watched. <laughs> yeah, it was a really, really good pilot. I, I'm going to give it a four. I was going to give it a five out of five. I don't really have anything bad to say about it. So like there's yeah, that. I guess I, I guess I don't either. I mean, why wouldn't I give it a five? I don't know. It's a good pilot. You were like, I'm giving it a four. I'm like, okay, why? You're like, I don't know. <laughs> well, I, I guess I'm giving it a four because I'm like, why did you put Nazis on the show? But <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I do think they, they did a lot of things right. Like, I, I really like the portrayal of Lorna, even though she's barely on the show so far. I think she's a really fun character. Oh, she'll be the... She, she gets a lot more. In the next the next episode, there's some cool shit. Because, I mean, in this... We didn't even mention this, but in this episode, her hair is brown, even though we know Lorna has green hair. Yep. And it's going to be revealed that she does have green hair. Yeah, and she's, like, dyeing it and trying to cover it. I like that. That's fun. No, it's, like, it's not even dyeing it. She's just, like, spraying it in so she can blend in. Got it. Yeah. That's kind of cool. But, yeah, I really like her portrayal. I love loved Amy Acker. I I loved the whole premise of kind of this just normal quote unquote family being thrust into a world they don't understand because they have queer kids. And I think that happens to a lot of families even now with kids who come out. Like usually it's trans kids these days that are discriminated against by institutions. And um, yeah, I don't know. It just made me think a lot and be like, damn, this is a pretty good show for this metaphor. I like this. But I know it's going to go off the rails. <laughs> so I'm, I'm not I'm not like, oh, my God, The Gifted is going to be the best show ever. I know. I, I know. I've got appropriate levels of skepticism here. But, but this um, particular episode's The pilot was good. really good. It was yeah. really good. And um, I liked Sage. I liked that Sage was there for two seconds. I mean, I would like her more if she was actually like Sage, but she's not. So, But she's barely in this episode. So I guess I haven't really seen any anything that she's not Sage. But. She's barely on the show, honestly. I mean, like she's she really is just in the background, like looking at computer screens for most of this show. Yeah. And then eventually she goes to Hellfire Club where she continues doing that. Yeah. It's very strange. It's a very strange version of Sage. But you could say that like about literally anybody on this show. So whatever. Yeah. Like Marcos. I mean, I he 
it's too bad. He's an interesting character because I, I like the actor. Yeah, you gotta just have to focus on the story that's being told versus the character. Like, you're like, it's almost you have to remove this even being an X-Men story at times because otherwise you're like, wait, what? Like, yeah, why are we doing it this way? Well, because it's funny, though, because I do feel like the Mutant Underground portrayal it kind of reminds me of the pieces of Wolverine and the X-Men that we liked where we were in the future and we had like this kind of random hodgepodge of characters working together. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like we liked that because it was like different and exciting. And this kind of reminds me of that too, where it's like, oh, it's this dark version of the world where mutants are on the run and the characters are random, but that's because all the X-Men are dead or something. I, yeah. I would like it if they explained that. Like, if better than they do. But I can sort of move move past that and just kind of focus on the plot we have and be like, okay, like, what would it look like if Lorna and Havoc had a kid together and Lorna was in jail? And like, fine, it's an alternate story, but it's these same characters that we know. And what's going to happen to them? Um, and I like Jace Turner as the character, the sort of cop Sentinel Services character. I thought he was interesting so far. Yeah, I don't know. Good all around. Good show all around. I It's only two seasons and then it gets canceled. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so, do you even do you remember if it has like a satisfying ending? I don't think I even finished it. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 got, I doubt you I did. I really fell off. And, okay, so I remember you being annoyed by it. This is 2017 <laughs> to 2018. Do you know what was happening during that time? I was living with my ex and moving to my current apartment. Correct. Yeah. So, so it was of- like the best possible time period for both of us? <laughs> yeah right but you know what i'm saying i was like i was yes, definitely yes. not engaged with a lot of things this is also the time that breath of the wild came out and like i was mm-hmm. kind of playing it but it wasn't like enjoyable but you didn't like breath of the wild you were like the only person that didn't like it when did logan come out 2017 no it was at the same time period yeah you're right same time period yeah but yeah, i mean like wow. i think a lot of what i consumed at that time was just um like it didn't make me feel good you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like we were both we were both really depressed in 2017. I think that's fair to say. I mean, I I, I would I would argue that even not now, like now where we're great constantly and nothing ever goes wrong for this us. whole year. This whole year has been so challenging for me in so many different I ways know. because of the whole the way that the the economy has been, and so I feel that. And I, and I definitely feel like I'm in a, a burnout phase right now just because we watched Logan and like I know I, I don't know how I managed to have, I've watched this that film twice at like two of the the hardest points of my life and i'm like this movie needs to just like not be in my life and so like i finished that and like <laughs> you know and then we had to record like four episodes back to back i was like oh so we came into this and I'm, I'm glad that i'm watching this and having a different reaction than when i watched it initially on when it first came out and where i was in a a transitional space which again i'm still in a transitional space but you know it's like it the reaction i'm having is like oh this is pretty good like, I remember watching it initially and being like, this show is stupid. Like, that's kind of like how I felt about it. Yeah, because you were just angry. You know, I I also know that The Gifted has its fans. Yeah. It's kind of, it's it's not like beloved by any means, but it, it has sort of a cult following. And that's why I think it's possible we'll like it. I do. I do have a fear that it's going to have that Wolverine and the X-Men situation where we're like, yeah. oh, this pilot's really good. And then it's going to fall apart. I am oh my concerned God. about that. I know, because Wolverine and the X-Men had such a strong pilot too yeah and i think this might be a similar situation where it's got a strong pilot like i think probably the first 
three or four episodes are going to be really good of this show. And then after that, they're going to be like, yeah, we don't actually have any idea what we're doing. I don't know. I think there might be, I think it might be a little bit better than Wolverine and the X-Men because Wolverine and the X-Men just like takes episodes. The thing with that show is that there were a bunch of characters on there that we did know and they just fucked around with them. Like they were like Mystique and Logan being ex-lovers from Weapon X. We're like, what the fuck? You know, like that kind of yeah. shit. That's not going to happen on this show. But also Wolverine and the X-Men was forced to be in like a post Wolverine origins world where like everything had to be about Logan all the time. And this show is kind of in the opposite scenario where everything has to not be about Logan or any other recognizable character. It has to be different. It has to be weird side stories. And that I think could potentially be its strength. Yeah. Because it's like it's not forced to be anything. It's in this kind of no man's land rights issues wise. I just don't I don't understand this set of characters they chose and we're just gonna have to go with it. But I mean it yep. really could have been like like anybody they could have done like gen x or even like the the new i think it would have been really interesting if they had chose to do sort of the 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 new x-men post new x-men the one that was like laura kinney surge dust and all those characters in this i think that would have worked in this universe but it's not the one they chose to do so yeah it's not do you want to talk about who's gay really quick gay i mean like there's a gay bar there is a gay bar i think that i'm uh, i kind of think the bullies thing and andy's portrayal is gay like even beyond the metaphor andy is gay but i think he gets i don't know what goes on with him in the show honestly so me either but i I do think it's kind of i mean i know he asked a girl to dance that doesn't really mean anything to me but i i do think he is kind of presented as other like beyond just the mutant thing like there's something about him that's off yeah right and it's not really defined you know and i i think that's kind of interesting and i think it works i think it's something about the show that's haunting and mysterious where we're like why is he getting bullied what's going on here i do feel like like he does have a lot of queer energy because he reminds me of myself in high school so absolutely like like the version of you that was like closeted even even if this character is like a bisexual character it's still you know what i mean like it's i i don't know i think i felt that way too i felt like the bullies were bullying him and like that whole scene in the locker room was pretty homoerotic and it felt very nightmare on street 2 which is a homoerotic film so no i totally agree and even the the fact that it was a shower like that's very charged yeah like a sexual harassment kind of a scene yeah and the the fact that that's how his powers manifest i mean it's a very like tragic queer coming of age story and it's it's a familiar one but i also think it's one that kind of works as shorthand for the sake of this tv show where it's like yeah. okay we understand what's happening to this character because you know he's being bullied at school and he has this really square dad who is trying to stand up for him but doesn't really understand what's going on and like amy acker is the mom who wants her kids to trust her like i don't know yeah. i thought all that really worked and I'm, I'm curious to see more and i hope andy gets a boyfriend and calms the fuck down <laughs> yeah same cool all right well uh mutantages.com baby it's our website and uh we're gonna yeah it works now hey maddie from the future here this is just to say before we get too far into the plug section ryan and i ended up deciding to go back 
to releasing the podcast every other week instead of every week. We've actually had the show weekly for a pretty long time now. When it launched, it was every other week because we're busy and we have other projects that we do. And we went to weekly at some point and we've managed to keep up the hustle for a long time now. But uh, these past few weeks have been really tough. Um, we took a little time off before releasing this debut episode of The Gifted, mostly just to figure out what our ongoing schedule should be in terms of literally what day we record the show. And we've mostly figured that out. But having it be every other week is a lot easier for us. And uh, it's also going to make it easier for us to not burn out on the show because uh, we just watched the Wolverine anime, which sucked, as everybody knows. We watched Logan, which was very emotional. And then this show is also not funny. It is a 45 minute character drama. No jokes. Really, really uh, lengthy episodes compared to anything we've normally done. It's a it's it's emotional watching these, at least for me. Um, so I don't know. I've talked enough. Uh, let's get back to the plug section, shall we? Yeah. Uh, so mutantagents.com. It's where you can find all of our episodes and all the ways you can contact us. Uh, we have an email address, themutantages at gmail.com. We got a Discord server. We got a voicemail, 1508-319-1668. And uh, we retired our PO box for the moment. Uh, we don't get enough mail there for now that we thought it was worth reprising it. Oh, and a part of it is that I don't know how much longer I'm going to be able to access that PO box because we, ha- we do have it set in the near me. <laughs> and yeah. I'm... I'm looking at potentially moving sometime in the next year or so. Like, I'm like, mm, we probably don't want to keep this P.O. box because neither of us will be able to access it. So Yeah, so if we get a P.O. box again someday, we'll, we'll probably have it be somewhere else. But that unfortunately means all the old episodes where we say the P.O. box address are now meaningless. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, but uh, anywho, uh, we're all over social media. Uh, we're the Mutant Ages everywhere. And uh, we're individually on all those platforms. I'm at Mitty Myers. How about you, Rye? I'm at Ryan Pagella. And I'm going to go ahead and say at this point, I pretty much exclusively use Instagram. I gave up trying to keep up with all these fucking social media accounts. There's too many of them. There are too many social medias. There really are. There really are. You couldn't thank Elon Musk for making me somebody that doesn't want to use social media anymore. (laughs) It really is his fault. Um, We have a YouTube channel where we uh, occasionally (laughs) post videos. I don't know. I don't don't know. And we have a Patreon. (laughs) Uh, patreon.com slash the meat and ages where you can support the show and get bonus episodes behind the scenes stuff bloopers all kinds of things our highest your patreon supporter get a shout out on the show whomst are they shout out to samuel b and sword and b for being our top tier patreon supporters no crazy voice today i don't think there's gonna be any on the show because it's not like goofy comedy cartoon nonsense that i would usually do a voice for so there's like no 2xl robot for me to imitate yeah i know <laughs> i i feel like we're never gonna yeah i agree with you i don't think we're ever gonna have something we can imitate on this show but we could be wrong maybe we're gonna have some fucking crazy things that I happen know. i mean i was able to imitate sue sue storm last week which was like shut the fuck up Reed. <laughs> uh, whatever she's like shut the fuck up ben i've tried to practice my invisibility powers like yeah, that is sue storm for you that was iconic um but on this show i don't know we don't really have anything like that nope not yet anyway oh well um anything else maddie nope uh please rate and review us and uh share the show with your friends we just started the gifted i mean you know everybody in 2023 wants to tune in for a rewatch of the Gifted. they might i don't know they might why not why not i don't even know what the hell to expect with this show at this point i do think that it kind of helps people as a jumping on point when we start a new show And uh, so this is always a good time to share the show with your friends. And um, yeah, tune in next week. 
See you next time. <laughs> See you next time. The Mutant.